Well, thanks a lot, Jordan, and uh, good morning to our Harvest family. Good morning to our guests. We're grateful that you've joined us here today. We are coming to you live uh, from 7 George Street, and so uh, our panel here today, we're working without a net, and we're really hoping to uh, do something that's going to be a blessing to you today, to our church family, and to our uh, guests as we uh, work on this really important discussion around pandemic soul care. There's no doubt, I think you'd all agree, we're in a fight. Uh, This is, first of all, a medical, physical fight as we war against a virus that threatens to wipe out a section of our our population. We also know that it's a fight economically. We know there's devastating effects financially, especially for those who are at the lower ends of the socioeconomic uh, scale. Uh, but the, and the full extent of that really is not known yet. But uh, thirdly, uh, we understand that the mental health of many Canadians is taking a beating right now. And many are simply not coping well with what's happening around us. And there was a study recently put out uh, by the Canadian Mental Health Association. We're just going to set this up here. And uh, this was helpful. This came out on December 3rd, so just a few weeks ago. It's titled Despair and Suicidal Suicidal Feelings Deepen as Pandemic Wears On. Uh, This link is available in your notes. Uh, But they state this, the second wave of the pandemic has intensified feelings of stress and anxiety, causing alarming levels of despair, suicidal thoughts, and hopelessness in the Canadian population. So this was a nationwide survey. It was done in cooperation with the Uh, Canadian Mental Health Association and and researchers at the University of British Columbia. It said that 71% of Canadians indicate that they're worried about a second wave of the virus, which, of course, we're in right now. And only 21% of Canadians feel hopeful about how this is going to go for us. In fact, 40% of Canadians overall say that their mental health has deteriorated since since March And if you start to look at some subcategories like the unemployed, 61% of those who are unemployed would say that their mental health has declined. Uh, 61% of those who have an existing mental health issue would say that their mental health has declined even further. And then alarmingly, younger people aged 18 to 24, uh, 60% in that age group would say that their mental health has declined. And we could uh, talk all day about reasons why that is so among that age group, but that's a huge concern. Uh, Margaret Eaton, who's the CEO of CMHA, she said, cold weather, uncertainty, eroded social networks, and restrictions on holiday gatherings are hitting at a time when people are already anxious, hopeless, and fearful that things are going to get worse. And then she adds this, and I'm afraid that many people are in such despair that they can't see past it. And that's what this morning is really about. We're here uh, to help you see past it because we know that as a church who emphasizes the authority of God's Word, the teaching of God's Word, that we know how to see past this. So we have what God's Word says. We have what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. And in that message, we know that we can see past the issues that people are facing from a mental health standpoint. Uh, Emily Jenkins, who's a professor of nursing at UBC, says we're seeing a direct relationship between social stressors and declining mental health. A third of Canadians, 39%, related to the pandemic are worried about their finances. There's an increasing number of people who are having suicidal thoughts and feelings. There are uh, 18% of people indicating that they're concerned about domestic abuse uh, in their 
own homes. 17% have indicated that they've increased their use of, of substances as a, as a way to cope. A fifth of people in Canada are drinking more. Uh, many also have increased their use of cannabis and prescription medications, and those numbers are even higher in the subgroups like the unemployed and those with existing mental health conditions. And so this is a huge uh, challenge for us. Uh, one more quote from this study, the pandemic keeps underlining that mental health is not an individual responsibility. And you're going to hear several times in our discussion here today how community, for us, the church, plays such an important role in us being in a good place from a mental health uh, standpoint. So we, we understand that we have a viral pandemic happening in our country, but we have a parallel pandemic happening in our country on the mental health side. And the stats that we just looked at, they really correlate with all of the anecdotal conversations, the experiences that we've had with mental health professionals in our own congregation, people that we know in Barrie and Simcoe County who have been dealing with this on the front lines. And we want to help because, again, we have a message of hope that can really help people with these mental health issues. And so we're offering, as we said today, this pandemic soul care. Now, at the center of all of this, and this is so important as we get into this discussion, at the center of this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus gave his life on the cross to bring us healing. In fact, if you go back to the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 53, verse 5, we're told that with his stripes, that is the stripes that he bore on the cross, his, his bleeding body given for us, with his stripes, we are healed. And we want that healing for every person. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can alter our path. It brings not only salvation, but transformation in our life. It brings us not only the hope of eternity, but of an abundant life here. Not only the eternal, but the immediate can be affected by our salvation. So dealing with our own sin, reconciling ourselves to God, establishing ourselves in the faith of Jesus Christ, all of that is essential to everything else we're going to say here today in this discussion. But having said that, salvation, coming into a relationship with Christ, that is not a guarantee that we're not going to have a difficult life here on earth. It doesn't automatically give me a free pass. And, and those of you who are Christians, you know this. It doesn't give you a free pass from anger and anxiety and even addiction. In fact, in, in John's gospel, I love this verse. I quote it a lot. I think about it a lot. But in John 16, verse 33, um, Jesus says this, in the world, you will have trouble. In the world, things are like life is going to be hard. And he's talking to his closest followers at this point. So he's talking to Christians. Christians, in this world, even though you love me and you're following me, Jesus says, you're still going to have trouble. But then he adds this, and it's so encouraging. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. And he alone can give us the hope that we need in the midst of this battle that we're in. We got to lean into him. We need to tap into the strength of the Holy Spirit in order to find this help. And so we're going to have this panel discussion and everything that you hear from this panel, everything that, Ro that, that Roger and Steph and Kim are going to bring to you here, everything is grounded in that premise that the gospel saves us and the gospel 
transforms us. This is biblical soul care. It's, it's not just soul care. It's, it's not self-help for sure. It's biblical soul care rooted and grounded in the Word of God with Jesus at the center of it all. And so I want to welcome uh, to our panel discussion today, Pastor Roger uh, Freeman uh, is the head of our biblical soul care ministry here at Harvest. We're grateful for him. Uh, Steph Nisbet is also on our staff uh, working on her master's degree in counseling, and we're grateful for her and everything she contributes to our team here. And Kim Griffin is, uh, is a mem- not a staff member, but she works tirelessly as a volunteer in our soul care uh, ministry, and she's a mental health worker at Soldiers Memorial Hospital in Aurelia. So we're grateful to have the three of you here and to be able to have uh, this discussion together. Now, as you're, uh, as you're uh, watching this today and taking this in, if you have specific questions you want to ask, uh, rather than put them in the public chat, there's a text number that you can send those to. We're not going to answer them here this morning, but we will answer them online anonymously but this might be helpful. Your question might be helpful to someone else, and so we want to get those questions and answers out there. So at any time this morning, you can text those questions uh, into us. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get this going. So let's bow our heads for prayer uh, right now as we commit our time to Jesus. Uh, Father, we do um, offer this time to you. Uh, More than anything else, God, we want um, the authority of your word to be heard And God, we want healing to happen by the stripes of Jesus Christ. We want that to happen in the lives of all who are suffering right now, all who are struggling. God, we want the message of hope uh, to be spread far and wide that Jesus Christ is the great physician. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. All right. You guys all ready to go? Question, Question one. Um, let's get started here with this. Uh, physical distancing, restrictions on gatherings, work from home, even though it ends up isolating us, it's not meant to be social isolation, uh, but it is for a lot of people. And so what kind of impact are we actually seeing people facing as a result of social isolation? Do you want to get us started? Sure. Kim. The impact is very small for a very small amount of people um, to complete life change, right? Our whole lives have changed. People are feeling lonely, disconnected, anxious, unsure, irritable, overwhelmed. We're experiencing grief and loss, feeling mentally overwhelmed and exhausted. Um, But we were created for community, right? So before this pandemic, community came easy for us. Connection came easy. We actually probably took it for granted. Um, And during this pandemic, it's it's not impossible, but it's much harder to come by. Um, in the past 10 months, there's certainly been some ups and downs in working in mental health. We certainly have seen our share. Um, but mental health has been in a crisis before this pandemic, but it has shone a new light on it for longstanding issues like substance use and overdoses. Um, but this crisis, unfortunately, will last past this pandemic. Right. But there is a, a group of people who have had longstanding mental health issues, um, depression, anxiety, that have done well because they've had natural rhythms and routines and things that they stick by um, to kind of keep them well. And and to be honest, some of the lack of social pressures and being able to stick to only their bubble has been a benefit to them. There's another group of people who are struggling because of the restrictions, world events, and just the lack of our normal day-to-day activities. But we're all experiencing grief. We have all lost something. Um, everything about how we do our daily lives is different. 
Um, but if you're struggling and you've been struggling for days or the intensity increases um, and you feel completely overwhelmed, it's important to tell somebody, to reach out to somebody. Um, all of our mental health has been challenged in all sorts of ways, but it's so important that we talk about it. If we don't talk about it, we get to a darker and a deeper spot, right? Mm-hmm. We need each other. Um, we need to bring it to light so we can address it. And then and it, it will, and it can get much better. Um, but there's also a group of people who have not really been impacted by this. They're creative, adaptive, and their perspective has stayed positive. Um, they're not caught up in all the details of everything that's going on, but they're focused on their faith, Jesus, and loving other people. I wish that has been me the whole time, but I am so working on it. Yeah. Kim, that's, that's so true. That's the real danger for all of us, I think, is the, what I call the erosion of the soul. Our, our soul is being eroded. Our, our inner person consists of our desires and our, um, our thoughts and our choices. And, uh, those, those are, are impacted by our interaction with others. When we're interacting with others, we're dragged out of ourselves. We, we can't just make our own decision and do what we want. We're forced uh, because of someone else's desires, someone else's thoughts. We're challenged in a way that just even reading or passively watching something doesn't challenge us the same way relationship, uh, the, what I call the colliding of relationships, forces us to respond in ways. Even a pet drags you out of yourself because it has needs and it has uh, it m- m- wants to go for a walk or it needs to be fed and and so you have to respond to that and those things drag us out of ourselves um, and that's so important proverbs 18 1 says whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire he breaks out against all sound judgment and this isolation isn't necessarily one we've chosen but um, we're still in danger of giving in to our own fleshly desires, getting stuck in our own thought loops. And so we tend, if you're like me, we tend to take the path of least resistance. That's not usually a good path uh, to go on. And so when we aren't interacting with people who are encouraging us and bringing us up, we tend to cave in on ourselves. And I really believe our soul erodes, and that's not a good thing for us. So that's the impact of... uh, Yeah, for sure. And to, you know, isolation, it's really something that um, is a common denominator in all of the mental health struggles that we're seeing, whether that's depression, anxiety, uh, you know, it's part of the problem, but it's also preventing some solutions from being found because, you know, sometimes when we isolate, things get a lot worse. uh, And, and so we can choose isolation at times as a protective measure or a way of escape. Uh, we, like the Israelites before us, run to broken cisterns right. and empty wells and things that ultimately cannot satisfy, like social media, television, drugs, alcohol, even sleep and exercise. Uh, but Jesus provides living water. Uh, deep satisfaction for our soul, and he bids us to come and drink. Meanwhile, isolation steals from us. It steals our joy that we, uh, you know, as Kim said, we're created for connection. It steals the grace and acceptance we might have received from another person as we're kind of doing life together, and it really steals our peace. Okay, so like I can see how, it's pretty easy to see how social media, TV, and and the like can be negatives, but you mentioned exercise and sleep, with, mm-hmm. which both seem like pretty positive things, yeah. but you kind of ne- mentioned them there as being something that 
sometimes might not be great. And why is that? Right. Absolutely. I'm actually looking for a reason to not exercise. So if you could give me some help with that. Well, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing, right? So we we don't want to spend all day sleeping in bed. That's not good for us to just isolate like that and and not get into a rhythm, a routine. Same with exercise. If you're spending five, six hours a day exercising, um, might be a good time to kind of assess, is this an escape for me? Okay. Well, I'm not quite up to five, six hours a day, so it's probably not a problem for, for me at this point. I, I think the thing that, that comes out of that first question and your answers there is that, you know, God is fittest for community and that we really do need each other. And the, the, that theme's going to come up again, obviously. We really do need each other. Um, all right. So there's a climate of fear out there. I think we all agree with that. And, and you know, right in, we're in the midst, the very thick of this second wave we're anticipating probably greater restrictions uh, coming up in the coming days. Um, and we're getting this daily diet of bad news. Um, and, and we're getting it from social media. We're getting it from the mainstream media, watching the news, reading the news, whatever. How can people manage their anxiety and despair right now? Stop watching the news. Yeah, that's one, that's, that's one way, well, yeah, for sure. That, that sounds good, but <laughs> we, we cannot just ignore reality, and I, I don't think any of us would um, promote that. On the other hand, we know like we all need like 10 words of encouragement for each criticism we get. I know I'm like that. I don't know how much, whether that's a, a, a proven study, but, but it works for me. So please, somebody say something nice to me You're right now. You're such a great joke teller. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> dad jokes. Practically, though, we need to be intentional about what we're taking in and how much we need to regulate um, how much we're scrolling, uh, how much we're listening, you know, what we're listening to. And I'm not, I'm not advocating ignoring reality, but I am advocating being careful not to uh, tip the scales to too much negative versus uh, doing things that are positive or reading things that are positive or interactions uh, that are positive. And so we, we need to balance that out a little bit. I think we uh, have to fight anxiety and fear on every level. And so getting a rhythm of sleep and exercise and routines and eating are all part, actually, of managing stress. There's not one answer. There's not one silver bullet that's going to fix everything. Right. It's usually a whole uh, raft of things that we're working on and bringing up on many different levels that are going to tip the scale, that are going to build strength and resilience across the board. Yeah, for sure. I would just add to that and say we need to focus on today, right? We, we can't focus on 2020 anymore. It's done. It's gone. Or even focusing too much into the future but, uh, or the whole pandemic, focusing on when is this going to be over. We have this hour. We have this minute. That's what we need to focus on. Um, Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Um, and what I, I love that verse, hard to do. Um, but then sometimes I like to look at it in a different version or a different paraphrase. So the message says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will give, God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when the time comes. Yeah, that's good. I love that. Um, it's also important that we acknowledge our feelings, but we don't let them drive our decisions. Mm-hmm. It's important to take them to a prayer. We need to extend grace, and we need to think well of other people, and we need to acknowledge that other people might be struggling as well. We want to speak hope to people. 
Um, we also need to, this is hard, <laughs> um, release the belief that things will return to our normal, um, the way that they used to be. But we want to build hope and excitement for the future and everything that it might hold. We will experience new things. God is a God of new things, and he will make all things new. Yeah, can, and, I, can I add a verse in right there? Yeah. Because like a verse that really impacted me quite a number of you, like say more than 10 years ago in a, in a dark season of my own life, as I came to Isaiah uh, 43, um, verses 18 and 19, and, and in that verse, you know, God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And, and then he says, um, I'm making a way in the wilderness. So the acknowledgement is there. I'm still in the wilderness. It's still hard. But you need to be looking for something that's not like it was back there. I'm moving you to something brand new. And, man, we need to be looking for that. And, and I believe God's going to do that. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think we need to be careful of how we talk to ourselves. We talk to ourselves the most. We, have, we say the most words to ourselves. We want to listen to those words, listen to how we're speaking to ourselves, what we're saying, and what we're saying to other people. If we constantly call 2020 a dumpster fire, um, we discount all the awesome things that happened, maybe with our small group or our church or strangers, our friends and our family. There was lots of really awesome things as well. Not everything that happened um, is worth being in that fire. Some of it challenging, yes, but not all of it burn worthy. Yeah. You know, I love the illustration of the dumpster fire because honestly, some of the things from 2020 and before needed to burn. You know, God, God, we need some of those things to be gone. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Many of us really are experiencing some level of fear and anxiety uh, because we're simply in the midst of something we can't control. Right. Whether it's the lockdown, the, the economy, our kids' education, or even our own health and well-being, we simply don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, and so we can't choose what happens to us, but we can choose how we respond. So... So this brings us an opportunity. Um, it brings us an opportunity to strengthen relationships. We, we can really have an opportunity to uh, connect with people because for many of us, our schedules have opened up, you know, and, and we also have an opportunity to strengthen our relationship with the Lord. And uh, one of the things that I have found in this past year is just recognizing just how dependent I am on Christ for day-to-day joy and and contentment and and really literally for every breath that I take and right. I think that in order to let go of anxiety uh, it helps to grow in humility humility and peace walk hand in hand yeah. it says in first Peter 5 I love this verse. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So really, we let go of self-sufficiency, and we recognize that God is sovereign and good, and he's caring for us. Over and over again in scripture, we see that when people were afraid, God offered them his presence. We can go to people for emotional support, but God offers us himself. So I think really if you want peace in the midst of any storm, uh, fix your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. You know, good counsel. Yeah. And, and that's really about spending time in the word, reflecting on God's promises to you, spending time in prayer and just quiet reflection. That's good. Okay. What types of unhealthy 
let's get really practical. What types of unhealthy coping mechanisms are people using today? And we're talking in terms of maybe addictions or bad habits, that, that kind of thing. I have a list of a few. Kim has a list. Some of them <laughs> may include some of the things that I have done or do, um, but not all of them. Um, but anyways, TV, Netflix, Fortnite, video games, YouTube, TikTok, um, overloading on news, shopping, sleeping, too much or too little, um, misusing medications, misusing alcohol, illegal legal or illegal drugs, eating, overeating or not eating enough, and not taking care of ourselves. Yeah, that pretty much catches everybody. Like, I don't think there's anybody who's not been caught in that. But I have a question. I mean, even just hearing that list. So you didn't mention track pants. But if you're working from home, is it okay to wear track pants every day? It's okay to wear them every day. You just can't sleep in the same clothes that you wore the day before. Okay, so like I've like pajama them, pants at good. night and track pants during the day. That's okay? And that's okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. For the most part. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm good then. <laughs> Um, it's important that we think about why we're engaging in these things. We do them for a purpose. We do them for a reason. It fulfills a need, whether it's real or perceived. Um, and I think it's valuable to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Is it adding to my life? And um, is it healthy for my relationships or is it taking away from them? Those are, those are four really important questions. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. It's often said that uh, the opposite of addiction isn't uh, being sober or being clean, but it's actually community. And we're really seeing the research bear that out so now. So back to that theme again, right? We mm -hmm. just keep hearing that over and over again. Yeah, Absolutely. And that's what we're striving to build here at Harvest, uncommon community. Right. Uh, so that takes work. We have to work at having relationships where there's vulnerability so I just encourage people to spend some uh, time thinking about, you know, who are two or three people that I can really open up to, to talk about this struggle that I'm having and, you know, how I'm feeling right now in the midst of all of this, and then work at building trust with those people. God created us to long for that, to be naked before God and another and to feel unashamed. You said something in there that I think is really important, just the fact that this is going to take work. So we have to be mm -hmm. intentional and deliberate about, about this. It's going to take some effort. Absolutely. I like yeah. your word deliberate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so it's just, you know, asking yourself, who can I share this struggle with who will listen well and not judge me or shame me, but pray for me and hold me accountable and right. and really offer encouragement because we all need that. And then and then don't put it off. It's so easy to say, you know, I'm going to connect with them after the lockdown's over or once COVID ends, you know, I'll, I'll do some more of that. But there's so many ways that we can connect with people even now. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a plug for uh, small groups and study groups and things like that. Absolutely. I think it's pretty clear that uh, alcohol and drug use are up, uh, pornography use is up, unhealthy eating is up. Um, I don't know if there's a study on this on cigarette smoking, but I'm pretty sure the smokers are smoking. And um, <laughs> all of those are coping mechanisms. Um, I think most of us would recognize those are unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, I wonder if a, a new standard has become laziness. Um, I think that we have a, a lot of time on our hands. Actually, we have the same amount of time we've always had. Uh, how are we using our time? I, again, I think that there's been this uh, relaxing of standards, falling into the path of least resistance, um, using our time in rather than deliberate ways, just doing whatever kind of 
comes to us instead of being uh, deliberate about this. And so I, it, it is important. We, we tend to inertia. And so we need to actively break out of that. That's, if you're a self-starter, that's great. I'm, I'm not a self-starter. And so where, where do you get the motivation when you don't have the motivation? And I think it has to come from outside of ourselves. I know it has to come from outside of me. And that's what our, our uh, as believers, we have that promise. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading through John in my daily reading of this year's reading program. And in both John 4 and John 7, Jesus talks about living water. And he is the living water that satisfies us. But more than that, he overflows out of us as a well of living water. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And so we have... Uh, the Holy Spirit, we have uh, the ability to overflow, to be satisfied and overflow. And so when it comes to this uh, motivation for breaking out of ourselves and and actually interacting with other people, um, sometimes it's great to, instead of being self-focused, to think, who needs me? Who can I encourage? And, and finding somebody that you can do something for pulls you again out of yourself. And actually, right. that's becomes great motivation um, to do something for someone else, uh, really pushes us. And so if you can't identify somebody uh, who is encouraging you or that you can encourage, I'd I'd say pray and ask God to bring that person into your life and and, uh, allow God to show you uh, the person that you need to maybe lean on, that you can turn to, uh, or that you can actually pour yourself out for. And uh, and do something for that's it. awesome. It's just that that picture of Jesus as the living water, it's it's so awesome because I think sometimes we shortchange Jesus. We think that somehow He can't meet my needs, but not only can He meet my needs or satisfy my thirst in every aspect of my life, but He's actually going to give me enough that I can pour a drink for someone else. Yeah. And and that's awesome that that through me, the Holy Spirit can help satisfy the thirst of another person, that those longings, those uh, real challenges that we're having. So that's, that's amazing. All right, so to get a little more specific here, separation, divorce have always been a problem. They're going to continue to be a, a problem in society. It's challenging for people. But now we're seeing that separation, divorce rates are rising again. Um, you don't have to look far on social media um, to recognize that there's so much conflict out there. And I think that's one of the most toxic aspects of social media is that we're seeing all this conflict and just angry people uh, on those platforms. So how is COVID affecting people's relationships with each other? Stress really makes us uh, less patient and more edgy, or at least it does me. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. You're speaking for all of us. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. And, and like you said, you know, we see that on social media. We see it in friendships right now and couple relationships, that, that interpersonal conflict that's really heightened because of the pandemic and um, contributing to the stress that maybe people were already feeling and uh, emotional regulation, that ability to uh, handle uh, a situation without flying off the handle or crying uncontrollably maybe is become more difficult. And that's especially true for people who maybe have experienced or are experiencing the long-term effects of trauma from their past. Uh, There's more people in that category than you might think. And uh, feeling isolated can uh, be a trigger to a time when they felt helpless or trapped. And then 
Some people who uh, experience hypervigilance sy symptoms, that would be best described as uh, constant watchfulness or being on guard. Those, uh, those feelings are, are heightened. And, and so really the, the way to help people in these situations, if you have someone that you love experiencing some of this, is to just slow the conversation down, bring down the volume, uh, use appropriate gentle touch, uh, and, and encourage them maybe to do some deep breathing. Uh, just you're, you're looking to soothe and calm, right. calm a situation. And uh, also we're, you know, seeing um, situations where there's coercive control. That's really, uh, you know, any kind of physical, emotional, or sexual abuse within a couple relationship. These relationships uh, are a little bit more volatile in lots of cases because really the normal releases for tension are gone right. or reduced. Uh, StatsCan is saying that the, the domestic violence or domestic, sorry, domestic disturbance calls are up 12%, at least in the first few months of the pandemic. And certainly that's expected that it's, it's continued along that trend. And, and so, you know, people would have gone to work maybe or to a social outing or a different place even in the home to kind of take down the tension uh, that's that isn't happening now for for many and and also spouses in these situations in controlling relationships can be cut off from their normal types of support and uh, access to help and so I would say if uh, anyone ex is experiencing a situation like that or they know of someone they love someone who is that um, they can reach out to us in biblical soul care and certainly in any situation uh, you know if someone wants to make an appointment for counseling they can reach us at soulcare at harvestberry.ca great and that address will be in the links Yep. Right. In, in the notes, yeah. Yep. It's in the links. Yeah, I, one person described it as we're all in being forced into our own little echo chambers. So all we hear is the things that are kind of true for us. or And it's created more polarization around all kinds of issues um, in our society. And that comes into our homes and into our relationships, into our marriages. And the regular strains and pinch points that have always been there are kind of on display, and we can't hide from them anymore. And as Steph said, we don't have our regular outlets of, of relieving some of the tension. And so uh, it's, it's kind of everybody feels like, man, uh, our marriage isn't doing it as well as it was. Um, and, and we have to face those realities. And that isn't bad. Um, it's not bad for things to be uh, to surface and for us to realize them. If a, if a couple or a family are able to get things onto the table and talk about them respectfully and give each other grace and charity and find solutions that work, that's what resilient families do. And many families are able to work through these things. Um, my concern is that as those issues are revealed, if a couple or a family do not have the skills to, uh, to navigate them, um, and, and if that's true, then eventually they're going to have face these problems. It's just be, they're being forced to face them maybe uh, sooner than they thought or more realistically. Um, that's not bad uh, unless they don't have the skills. And so um, I'm concerned that our basic self-focused, self-centeredness um, will be expressed in aggressive ways and uh, increase the tension which causes... Um, more breakpoints and fractured relationships. Sure. 
Um, Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Sadly, those words are, are what characterize our relationships many times. Margaret and I were on a walk last night and a couple was having those kinds of words on the path, um, just Yikes. like out in the dark. Um, <laughs> and and I, I, I just grieve for that. And, yeah. and honestly, that's probably been us at some point where we've just been overwhelmed with our emotions. And those are the, the things that characterize our relationships and our homes. And this is what God wants for us. Verse 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And uh, this is so important. If we've received from God forgiveness and cleansing and relationship with him, then uh, we have that to give to one another. And I, the, the key attitude, um, Steph mentioned it, is one of submission and a posture of humility that's willing to say, I'm partly responsible for this, and I'm willing, I'm, I'm willing to try something different. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to see uh, God overcome this in our home. You know, those verses are so important, and I, I think about the the parallel, you know, Colossians and Ephesians are so closely related. And in Colossians, Paul uses the phrasing of uh, put off, put on. And I look at those two verses in Ephesians 4, 31, 32, and, and 31 is obviously put these things off, get rid of them. And 32 is these put on these things. And I, I just think in a practical way, families could print these two verses out separately and put one on one side of the fridge and one on the other side of the fridge and just be reminding themselves these things should not be characterizing our marriage, our home, our relationships. These things should be. I want to put these things off. I want to put these things on. Yeah. So it'd be great if, if families would do that. Get them kind right of thing. in front of their eyes. Right in front of them constantly, whether it's a chalkboard in your kitchen or, or some other way. Uh, let's get these verses in, in front of ourselves. So um, anyone, Kim, you want to add to that? Sure. I think that um, our conflict and irritation levels um, in our relationships are at an all-time high. Um, social media sometimes can breed conflict and judgment. Um, we seem to be more judgmental of one another and each other's choices. We need to release the need to feel right. Mm. And we need to release the need for others to share our own opinions. These things are intruding in our relationships and hurting them. I think loneliness is a serious issue. Um, includes the lack of physical touch, connection, feelings of despair, feeling like a burden to other people, being alone for extended periods of time. This can be especially true for those who are single or people living alone. Uh, throughout this pandemic, we've been missing our informal, kind of fun hugs from friends, high fives. Air high fives are not the same. Yeah. Um, quick hellos, casual conversations, and just sharing casual laughs with one another. We're missing those things, and they're super important to our overall health. Yeah, they really are. And I think that's like one of the things about our church family too, is like, we're so warm. We're so friendly. We love to hang out. We love to stay in the South lobby or in the North lobby. And I just see those conversations, groups of people talking all the time and, and missing that is, is really, I think one of the hardest things about the, these restrictions and these lockdowns and even, even coming back with restrictions in place with social distance, physical distancing and masks and stuff, it's still limited. You know, so I think we're really suffering here. But again, what's coming to mind and what you just said is just this intentionality. We have to choose now in a more difficult context to still be doing those things. And, and that's going to help us. For 
sure. Yeah. Yes. And air high five is better than no high five. And air high five is better than no, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, so we've talked a lot about maybe what we would call self-care. Like how do I recognize these things in myself and how do I um, manage this in a good and biblical way? Um, what can people do when they recognize that someone else, a loved one is struggling? Like how do we handle that one? Yeah, we, we have to move towards each other. We have to move. Our tendency is to withdraw. And I feel that like anytime it's uncomfortable, what do you want? You want to go and hide. But uh, we're called to move towards each other, not stay still or or withdraw. And so we we've we got to move towards each other. We have to do that by being present to each other. And we 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 are afraid to do that because we say, well, I don't know what the answers are. I don't even know what the questions are. Right. But I know this. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to do it alone. Uh, Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we live by the law of Christ, the law of love. Right. And so we are compelled, and we have the Holy Spirit to help us. To, to We are compelled to move towards people, not away from people. And, I mean, the Scripture says move towards your enemies, those who hate you and persecute right. you. If we're to move towards them, surely we're supposed to move towards those that are closest yeah. to us. We need each other. We, we have to move towards each other. Yeah. So when, we're, when we love God, love people, it's on the wall out here. Yeah. I realize you can't come and see the wall, but it's on the wall. Love God, love people. And that loving people part, that's the law of Christ. And bearing one another's burdens, seeing it and moving towards it is yeah. a big part of that. Yeah. 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 Roger, I have some questions that people can ask. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Steph always has questions. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I think really, uh, you know, asking... How has the pandemic affected you? And what's the hardest part? That's a really important question. And then how can I be praying for you? Yeah, those are good questions. And, and we really want to ask those questions with uh, an attitude, a posture of humility and curiosity and grace, uh, being attentive and attuned to where the other person's at and, and really being willing. I, I love, can I just interrupt for a second? Because I love the idea that you say curiosity because I mm -hmm. think sometimes we ask those questions in a perfunctory way. We ask right. them because it's social convention to ask them. But now we're talking about, no, I'm asking you how you're doing because I genuinely care and I'm curious. Right. I want to know how you're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and having said that, you know, you want to be willing to go where those answers take you in yeah. the conversation. That's why a lot of people don't ask them. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and we can't ignore it when we see sadness or fear or hopelessness on, on the face of another person. We, we need to go after it and say, hey, you look really down today. Right. Can you tell me about that. You know, and, and one of the things that we've done as a family is uh, since the pandemic started is we've gone around our supper table with highs and lows. So everyone at the table shares one high and one low from their day. And, and it's really given us an opportunity to celebrate things together and also to talk about some hard stuff too. Right, right. Our, our family used to do that too. We had one kid who hated that every time. <laughs> How's that going in your home? Yeah, pretty good. Okay, pretty good. good. I'm glad to hear that. It depends on the day though. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I, th <laughs> I think I'd say the same. But it's worth doing because it really does get mm -hmm. conversations going. Like it's yeah. just a fun little thing. Uh, that can really get things going for you. And yeah. you, could, you could even play that. Like if you, if you don't have a family in your home, if you're, get some other people together and ask the same question. Do yeah. high and low with, with other people yeah. on Zoom. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I think it's important that we, yeah, I'm going to go. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, I think it's important that we keep reaching out, right? We send a text, maybe we don't get it back. We need to send another one. We need to keep after people. Um, And then we need to try and just be with them and not try and change them or try to move them. Just be present. Um, And we need to be creative in the ways that we show up. Just like what you were saying about, you know, do highs and lows on a Zoom call. Create, bake together, make dinner together over Zoom. Uh, do game night, watch a movie together over Zoom, um, watch a hockey game, do lots of different things, do a porch drop-off, do porch visits, do car-by-car visits. There's lots of ways that we can do this. We just have to be creative about it. Yeah, so I, I want to be really clear here that you are promoting that we should be able to watch hockey. So you're, for, for the sake of your husband, for Carrie, and for your son, Levi, uh, Kim is giving us blanket permission to watch the NHL season as it starts on Wednesday night. So there's going to be no complaining in any homes that we're watching hockey. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that's exactly what she was saying. No, I, that's what I heard. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying we're that's exactly. We're supposed to listen to understand, not to. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to make sure Cheryl watches that part again. So, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> um, what are, what are, so we're going to bring this down to like super practical right now and just ask about strategy. So what strategies can we offer people to lessen the impact of the pandemic? So, one would be to be mindful of this verse uh, in the NIV. It says in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Mm. And, and, and there's really three key ways that we can guard our heart. Uh, we can guard our heart through our thought life, our choices, and our worship. And, uh, you know, we know that repetitive thoughts can become beliefs that get entrenched in our worldview and our identity, it, it can affect how we interpret our uh, circumstances. Basically, what we think and how we think are super important. So we have to pay attention to what we're telling ourselves. And uh, sometimes we're not really super aware of what we're telling ourselves. Right. So it, it can be good to listen to what you tell others. And uh, also, that's why it's so important to be exposed to good preaching, to be listening with an engaged heart and mind. And uh, your atmosphere at home is super important. Uh, Every home has an atmosphere, and your attitude matters. I would say it's contagious. Um, And though recognizing that that you can't change others, you can only change yourself. Right. And then regarding choices, um, realizing that you have agency. You make choices every day in, in how to respond to a situation. Uh, this isn't a try harder or a do better perspective, but um, one that really leans on the Lord because we can't do like there's some days I didn't feel like being joyful. Right? right? We right. need to we need the Lord for strength. We need to submit to Him, and and so then I would say then if, if there are people who aren't a believer listening today, right. that that that's really the first step. Uh, in making choices and and the most important one that they'll make. Yeah, because these are biblical principles that need Mm -hmm. to be applied in the life of a Christian. Again, this isn't a book that you're picking up at Indigo that says how to how to manage the pandemic. This this is the gospel being applied and that and that starts with life in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then do what you can in your choices to reduce stress, uh, to avoid running to those broken cisterns, Read the word, listen to worship music, pray, 
Uh, and finally, I would just say for those with young families, uh, it's really important to have proper boundaries. Uh, you know, that means kids get a consistent bedtime, mom and dad get a little bit of alone time every day right. uh, or whenever possible, but certainly that you're building that into the routine. And then the final thing is in regards to your worship. I think people can just ask three good questions of themselves. Um, Have I become a better worshiper during this time? Mm. Is my attitude one of gratitude or complaint? And do I trust God with everything or just some things? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Those are great. Um, I'm going to just kind of more summarize some of the things that have already been said. Um, recognizing the reality that I can't change what is happening, but I can change my response. I think that is that is so key. And just growing in a good direction, we get overwhelmed. There's so much, but just picking one thing. What is one thing God is speaking to me about? What is one thing I can grow in a good direction? Well, Margaret and I took a coaching course together earlier in the pandemic um, to to help us out and. One of the questions is, what is the opportunity in this? Whatever you're facing, what is the opportunity in this? And for us as believers, what is the opportunity? I know, I know that God is always working to make me like his son. Right. And this, this doesn't change that. God is not stymied by this. And so what is the opportunity? What is the one thing that God wants to work in me in, in this circumstance to make me more like his son? And so what is, what is the one area I can actually go to the Lord and be seeking him about and be studying his word about to find out what, what is this area of growth so I can be more like Jesus Christ? Because I know that's what God's trying to do. Right. I know he's doing that. Right. So, yeah. God, God is definitely in the middle of this. Yeah. And, and realizing that and accepting that helps us with our mental health because believing that is going to sort a lot of uncertainty out. Yeah. And I think about that advice that um, Gamaliel gave to the religious leaders in Jerusalem when they were trying to cope with the apostles. What do we do with these guys? And, and Gamaliel said to them, like, if you oppose them, just be careful that you're not opposing God. And I feel like so much angst and energy is being put into opposing the pandemic. We might actually just be opposing God and his will and the changes he wants to make in the church and in us through this whole thing. Because... Fixing the pandemic is not going to fix the things God actually needs to fix in me. 100%. Right? And so as I submit my, my very being, my soul before him, um, he can do in me the things he wants to accomplish. And that is not prevented by a pandemic or any of the other things going on in our world today. Right, right, for sure, for sure. I love that because I think it's so true. I think God is in the middle of this, right? Yeah. And there is an opportunity for us to grow and to change and to be different. I read a, um, a tweet by Jackie Hill Perry um, a couple weeks ago, and it says, even if, this, even if next year is just like this year, I won't be. Even if 2021 doesn't change, I will. Yeah. I love that, yeah, and good, I've yeah. marked it for myself because that's what I'm going after. I want to I see what God has for me in all of this. Um, I think it's so important that we take care of our whole selves, um, and I have a couple lists of how we can look after ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I wouldn't try and do all of these all at once, but take one at a time sure. maybe. Um, so mentally, we want to focus on today. Um, we want to develop hope. We want to keep a gratitude journal. We want to try new things. We want to seek help. 
physically. We want to get up and we want to get dressed every day. We want to get moving. We want to eat and sleep, not too much or too little, but just enough. We want to shower and take care of ourselves. We want to develop a routine um, that we keep every day, and we want to get our medical issues addressed. Emotionally, we want to acknowledge our emotions, whatever they might be, but we don't want them to make our decisions for us. We want to learn to live in the tension of the now and the not yet. And we want to live in sadness and enjoy at the same time. We want to decrease our social media. People are nicer in person anyways, even if it's over Zoom. Um, We want to be kind to one another. We want to extend grace. We want to build into our relationships, find ways to spend time with people. We want to develop markers of hope. Things that we're, we're maybe keeping up, maybe keeping lights on or keeping, we have a Christmas tree a ceramic one that we're keeping up because it reminds me of hope and um, you know, putting pictures of people that we're going to hug when this is over or putting a picture up of a place that we want to go when this is all over just to remind ourselves of what's coming, right? Because good things are coming. Yeah. And spiritually, we want to listen to music, worship music, not just in the background, but we want to sit and like saturate ourselves in it and really listen and sing along with it. We want to listen to podcasts that feed and encourage us. We want to read or listen to audiobooks. Maybe join a scripture reading plan with a friend. We want to take time to be quiet and quiet those external voices. We want to start small and just listen to what God might be saying to us. We want to be a speaker of hope. And we also want to speak um, with other people who are speakers of hope. We want to develop new spiritual disciplines. We need to find new holy habits and ways that we can fellowship, we can serve, and we can celebrate. Because we can do all of those things in the middle of this pandemic, and we're going to do it in really awesome ways when this is over. Yeah, that is a great, great list. And um, all of this has been so helpful um, for me, just even to process some things. And I'm sure it's going to be helpful for all of you who are uh, watching and taking this all in. I want to thank Roger, Steph, and Kim for taking the time to do this. And I can hear you applauding at home uh, their effort because uh, they put a lot into this. And pandemic soul care, which is the thing we've been talking about here. When I, when I thought about that title, um, I immediately thought about a verse that's in Second Corinthians. The Apostle Paul's writing uh, to this church, and he's talking about spiritual warfare. And there's a little line in Second Corinthians 10.5 that says that we should take every thought captive to obey Christ. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. And, and, and that means like arresting our thoughts and making sure they're in line with God's word and God's will. And, and, and that's going to bring us to a place. When we do that, that's going to bring us to a place of great mental health because this is a spiritual warfare that affects every single other, other area of our lives. It affects us spiritually. It affects us um, physically, emotionally, mentally, and, and relationally, and we want to um, overcome all of that with the Holy Spirit's help to be healthy in all of those ways. That's where we want to live. Well, uh, hopefully you've texted, texted some questions into that number. If you haven't, that number will still be live uh, for uh, the next little while. Text those questions in. We'd love, love to respond to you. All of the resources, the notes for this are available at hbc.info. And as Steph said earlier, if you need any soul care, uh, just email us at soulcare at harvestberry.ca. And one of our team members, we have about a dozen on our biblical soul care team, would love to be in contact with you. And if you need prayer right now, if this is, you know, stirred some things up for you, um, we would invite you to click that button in the chat 
and connect with one of our prayer counselors who are going to meet with you right now privately and, um, and pray for you uh, right now. We'd love to do that at any time. So let me pray for us right now, and uh, we'll thank God for this uh, time that we've had uh, here together. Let's pray. Uh, Father, this has been um, a time of exploring a topic that for a lot of years was, was taboo, that, that in the church we wouldn't talk about these things, and yet your word talks about them. And I pray, God, that for every person watching and listening uh, to this discussion, Father, there would be a, a, a tremendous work of your Holy Spirit happening in each heart, in each mind. And God, I pray that you would bring us to a place of good mental health, uh, Father, that, um, that we would be aligned with your word, that we would take every thought captive to obey Christ. So God, bring healing that can only come through Jesus Christ. It's a work that you can do. You can do it in all of the people and all of the places that are re represented by the people who are watching right now. We love that you're a God who is powerful and who loves us and who is able to heal us. And so, God, thank you for hearing this prayer, and we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.